0: What's the future for healthcare consumerism? Well, there are three things that I just don't think we're talking about enough. I'm Jessica Damasa, and welcome to the WTF Health Podcast.
1: So what's really interesting, Jess, is healthcare doesn't quite get consumers. (laughs) And consumers... (laughs) And consumers, they don't get healthcare.
0: That's Rasu Shrestha, Chief Strategy Officer at Mega Health System Atrium Health, breaking down the fundamental issue at the heart of healthcare consumerism. You're going to hear much more from him in a few minutes. But first, let me set this episode up. So, in case you've just stumbled across this podcast and aren't familiar with my video interview series by the same name, WTF Health? What's the future health? I travel around the world talking to the who's who of the health innovation set about what's shaping the future of the healthcare industry. I've interviewed hundreds of startups, investors, and innovators across healthcare, and I'm using this podcast as a way to distill down the chatter I've been hearing and hopefully bring to light some new ideas and different perspectives about what's shaping the healthcare system of the future. That brings us to this episode on healthcare consumerism and the flight of three conversations I have for you. Now, there's a lot to be said about the consumerization of healthcare, and it's very likely I'll have another episode featuring different speakers on the same subjects coming up here soon. I've just recently talked to Jane sarenson Khan, and she literally wrote the book on it, Healthcare Consuming, as the title. So you can check out that interview on the WTF Health YouTube channel, or you can just wait it out a bit. And like I said, I'm sure you'll hear from her here soon. But I wanted to start out with three discussions I've had about aspects of healthcare consumerism that I just don't think we're hearing enough about. I'm saying that in hundreds of interviews, there have only been three times that three people have brought up these three topics to me. And so I want to give them a little bit of additional air time. And hopefully some of you listeners out there will hear this stuff and chime in too, so we can talk about all of it a little bit more. Before we get to that, let me level set for a minute. In case you're out there wondering what the hell is this girl talking about, consumerization of healthcare, we like to define industry jargon on this here show. And so for all intents and purposes, the consumerization of healthcare is the idea that patients, and we're all patients at one point or another, are becoming more and more empowered in choosing how, when, and where we receive our healthcare, particularly as health gets more digital, mobile, and retail. So in theory, we're able to shop around more than in the past thus making our behavior more like that of a traditional consumer who can choose where to spend their money. Now, before you start down the rabbit hole of wondering about health insurance companies and payers separating the patient from their dollars and care delivery providers, yes, you're totally right. And so you see, we are not at true consumerism in the sense that we all understand that word when it comes to buying the other things that we buy. But The innovators and the tech companies and the mass market retailers like CVS and Walmart who are pushing into health are all trying to disrupt the status quo and they're making a case and a series of investments and business decisions that that are pushing us in this direction over the long haul. As all that happens, the existing system, the clinicians, the administrators, the insurers, the patients, we're all going to need to adapt. And I think what we're missing is some really frank discussion about what happens in that in between when it comes to some of the fundamental components of healthcare. For example, who carries patient risk in this new world of healthcare consumerism? what happens to the systems behind the way care is delivered technology in healthcare is painful today ask anybody working with an emr is it always going to stay that way and what about this crop of healthcare consumers will they really know how to wield their buying power up first we're going to explore this game of risk it is a game isn't it <laughs> healthcare consumerism is expected to shift healthcare risk from the payer and provider to uh-oh the patient. We're back again with Atrium Health's Chief Strategy Officer, Rasu Shrestha, who I talked to about the consumerization of healthcare a little over a year ago before he transitioned from his role at peer provider health system, UPMC. So this stuff was top of mind. Here's Rasu.
1: We're at a fairly early stage in our true embrace and understanding of what consumerization of healthcare really means. Today, in large parts, it's really about building apps and uploading it to the app store and making sure that the consumers download those apps and they may or may not utilize them and, and all of that. And, and that's important. I'm not you know, downplaying the need for these apps because that's essentially how you get to them. But there are so many other caveats that really need to be addressed head-on for us to make this sticky, for us to make this into the newer business models that will redefine the future of healthcare.
0: I want to ask real specifically because you had mentioned it. You know, I mean, part of being a consumer is when you have control over your dollar, and yeah. in a lot of cases within the health system broadly, maybe not exactly UPMC, but there is a layer of an insurance company or something that's dividing you as a consumer and where you're getting your care from. Sure. So, how as a, like how, how do we mitigate that? I guess as an industry, like, what is your your take on like how how we really reach the consumer when the consumer and their dollar are separated?
1: So, what's really interesting, Jess, is this. Transformation that we're undergoing in the industry today, where risk is shifting, yeah. right? Risk that was traditionally borne primarily by insurers is moving over to the, uh, to, to the to the providers, and very quickly it's also moving over to the consumers, right? So we're bearing the brunt of a lot of the uh, expenses. We're controlling our purse strings. We have more awareness of our copays and deductibles than we've ever had before, right? right? So risk is shifting. And I think the new world order really is about intelligently managing that risk. And, and also, from a consumer's perspective, it's being able to build tighter alliances, not just with your provider organization, but with your insurance company. And that sounds a little strange because insurance companies don't really directly interact with patients per se, but the right ones do. Right, the right ones are engaging their consumers in a way that they've just never done before, where we're able to really manage and mitigate these risks, the, the shifting in risks that I talked about earlier, yeah. and where we're able to look at not just clinical data from an insurance perspective, but claims data, patient preferences, right? consumers' data in terms of where they eat, work, live, and play, their zip code data, all sorts of other data elements that are being pulled together to really affect behavior change on behalf of those consumers. So that really is sort of where we're going.
0: All right. How much is the consumer ownership of their own health data going to influence the way the consumer health market continues to take shape over the next few years?
1: So I I know that's been a war cry amongst many of us that are passionate and really free the data, right, and really enable these consumers to take charge of their data. And while I believe that vehemently, I think that's really, really important. I think that's not the end goal. The end goal really is not just freeing the data and giving the data back to the patient who rightly you know, really owns the data, but empowering the patient, empowering the consumer to take charge of their health and well-being and do something with that data. Right? How do you make it actionable? How do you make sure that they're able to understand what that data really means? They have no clue. Right? How do you provide them guidance to move towards the right decisions that they need to be making? How do you give them the choice? How do you make sure that they're able to participate in those decisions, not singularly and and on their own, but really collaboratively, right? So this new world really looks like um, this participatory care environment, right? So we're shifting from an era of paternalistic medicine, which is where we've been for centuries at a time, not just in the last 20, 30 years, to this new era of participatory medicine. Right? And, and that's where I think the right models are really starting to come together, is the patient, the consumer, becomes part of that care team, and we're able to articulate the specifics of not just what medications work for me um, and what surgical procedure I prefer to take versus something else, but also what my preferences are, what my life goals are, what my motivations and drivers are, what my economic status is, what I can afford to do versus not.
0: that was Rasu Shrestha of Atrium Health sharing a bit about the issues that are keeping health systems up at night when it comes to evolving their current ideas about patients and risk management and risk mitigation and data in the face of healthcare consumerism so where rasu leaves off with this idea of empowering the patient or the healthcare consumer with their health data and helping them do something with that information is more or less where we can pick up with our next often not discussed aspect of healthcare consumerism. This is the stack of care delivery services and technology that is apparently flipping to make the consumerization of healthcare possible. In other words, what you're about to hear is a 50,000 foot macro level description about how the model in which patients and providers are interacting is changing to meet our expectations as tech enabled consumers. So here we meet our good friend, Matthew Holt. Co-founder of Health 2.0 and founder of Smack Health, which is a business devoted to helping startups figure out how to shake up the existing health system by better leveraging technology and our modern demands as consumers. And Matthew is explaining how technology is flipping the business of care delivery.
2: There's a three-layer cake that is flipping and changing in the health healthcare, And it really explains what's going on in the wider world of technology and how that's impacting on care delivery. So we started out with care delivery that 's the first thing we 've had category for thousands of thousands of years. A doctor and a patient come together, which doctor and a uh, and a patient or a villager or whatever all get together. That relationship has been physical in one place in general for a long time okay. we 've built a group of organization institutions around that doctors offices, hospitals, a bunch of others. Then we started adding. 15, 20, 30, 40 years ago, service layers on that. You can think of things like nurse advice lines, some of the things that health plans do to, to try to manage care, but they've been added, sort of additive layer of services. Okay. About 20 to 25 years ago, and most, most in the last 10 years, we added a bunch of technology across the top of that to track those services and track that care delivery. And um, the biggest emphasis of that has been putting uh, EMRs into the enterprise the growth of the Epics and the Sonos to Meditex the Athena Health of the World over the last uh, decade more or less okay so that's all well and good but really what we've done is we put in place the care delivery platform that we've had for the last several thousand years which is based around face-to-face visits we've done some other stuff around the sides but we haven't really figured out how to use technology as a whole other than to track what we've got now flip to the rest of the world, the rest of society, and obviously technology has completely changed. We use technology in a completely different way than we did uh, 10, 15 years ago. And we use these large things, that the smack, smack Health yeah. stuff that I talk about, these large-scale cloud-based uh, technology services, which are now adding more and more applications on top, of, on top of them, which have a lot of self-service components, and allow you to plug in new applications, new devices all the time. Okay. So what's starting to happen in healthcare is that, the, the stack in healthcare, which has been care delivery with services with tech on top is starting to flip this tech layer is getting bigger and bigger and bigger okay. it 's not just electronic medical records tracking what 's going on in those visits anymore we 're starting to add all kinds of services there are actually five component parts that we 've identified as, being the big, as as being breaking out from that sort of solid tech stack so the five component parts are starting with Uh, data storage, we have all new kinds of ways of doing that, new kinds of databases, um, blockchain, and new technologies for that. Um, Blockchain being one of many different options for that. There's an independent now transaction order layer, which is the most of what's going on in the current EMRs, you know, ordering, supplies, notes, tracking transactions. Third layer is uh, data exchange. We now have got a bunch of specialist companies to help move data around, which has been a big problem for those siloed EMRs. Fourth one is data analytics. A whole bunch of new companies adding the analytics capacity to look at all these new different types of data sources and try to figure out what is going to go on for most people, what types of care have what impact and what what kinds of patients may have what type of uh, disease in the future. And the last one is a whole new bunch of interface layers which are uh, some of them, They may, we, we, there's a voice conference here at Connected Health, there is uh, obviously people using Google Glass trying to use augmented reality, different ways to, to connect as opposed to just typing into the computer. So all this technology is going at once in just in that tech stack alone. But underlying all of this is essentially we're building, slowly but surely, um, a always-on, always-monitoring, always-messaging, and always-managing tech platform. Okay. So our view is that is actually going to take over most care. Most chronic care, most uh, acute care, is going to be by people accessing that the way they access Google, they access Apple now, and plugging into that. And what's happening in the home, all the monitoring and, and measuring that's going on in remote monitoring, remote care in terms of uh, stuff that's information in the bathroom or the Alexas and the Google Homes of the world, are going to be tracking more and more of that. And we're going to start that those technology platforms will start to build the tech services on top of them, which is usually coaching nurses and others, connecting with people who have needs and helping them with that. And then we're going to limit care delivery, the face-to-face care of people in institutions on top of that. So we're going to essentially flip the original stack around, where care delivery is going to be the last thing you get to after you've used that entire program. So that's what we mean by flipping the stack. And we are... Some way to start in that process now in, in healthcare. To
0: put this into context about what's going on. Broadly in healthcare right now, so we've seen. I mean, some some examples of some companies that are. I mean, it, it, it almost feels like taking this tech stack idea yep. and really like, like driving it home. As we've seen um, just recently devoted yep. Medicare Advantage raise a, a ton of money. Um, companies like Livongo, Amada Health, also just being and, and, and doing what you're saying, kind of taking that, providing that first layer of care. So, I mean, how are they? Are is this the beginning of that stack flipping?
2: Yes, I think so. What they are doing is they are... Those kinds of companies, we mentioned Limongo, Armada, are somewhere in that services business. Now, in the voters' case, they are going up and down. They're actually they're all developing a technology layer which will plug into a bigger technology layer. I think the bigger technology layer is, is, is coming from those big events, we've, those tech giants we've talked about and others. But what they're doing is basically creating a technology layer that's going to monitor and manage most of the chronically ill people that they're, they're, they're working with. And then by exception... There'll be times when you need coaches, you need services, you need a, you need a, uh, a, plugin, a plug-in to your technology. So take Livongo, for example, a um, company we looked at a, a lot. They've now just got a beating space. They've, they've got a tech stack of their monitor, the cloud-based analytics about what's going on. And then if you have a problem, they'll have a nurse who'll call you who's part of that service layer on top of it. Now, you can imagine Livongo has been one part of a much bigger tech platform that uh, to might include mental health and you know, all the different disease states sure. requ- required of that. So, so they're one example of that. Devoted is interesting because they're going all the way up to uh, adding the, the primary care part to manage. So they're, they're doing a, a data play as aid as, uh, and some other companies are. Many of these companies are funded by, by the way, by the folks at Venrock who think about this a lot. So can you build a system where you are now essentially building a new tech integrated platform all the way up and down the scale, including having clinicians at the top to intervene when, when necessary. And I think if you were to go back to the origins of Kaiser Permanente, and Sydney Garfield from 1937 was going to start this again, he'd think of something like this. There just wasn't the technology available then. There wasn't really the technology available until now. Um, and the struggle for the rest of healthcare is that that's not how healthcare is organized, right? We're organized in big institutions with doctors, <laughs> and trying to figure out, and they're meeting a lot of patients and that's not an effective efficient way to deliver care in the future so we're going to go have this wrenching transformation but i think that's how those small companies many of them who raise these big amounts of money are trying to figure out how do they build the platform build the service layer so they can actually do this and and, and basically be the way that that stack gets flipped
0: That was the unmistakable sound of Matthew Holt talking through the macro-level flip that's turning traditional healthcare on its head and leading us to an always-on, always-monitoring, always-messaging, and always-managing tech-first health system. Geez, are we really ready for that? No, really. Are we regular people just trying to go to the doctor really ready for that? I ask this question a lot especially in conversations about patients and their data, which don't get me wrong. I'm totally all for it. I don't know why we don't already have it. But I think there are some really high hopes overestimating our abilities, maybe my abilities, to organize this information and know what to do with it to make me healthier. I'm sure I'm not alone there. And so we have to think about that. And therefore, the question must be asked. I also asked this question about healthcare consumerism. our patients, people, really ready for this. And I think, again, that it's a fair question to ask, especially after you hear what I heard from J.P. Steffen about just how much Americans don't understand about how they currently pay for healthcare. So JP works for Accenture Health and shared with me the results of one of those great consulting firm surveys, which actually turned out to be really more like a quiz. How terrifying is that for the poor people involved? Testing healthcare consumers on key vocabulary terms that we use to talk about how healthcare is paid for. So this is all that insurance stuff, deductible copay, that stuff. Now, as you're listening to the results of this, think about this in the context of healthcare consumerism and how separated people currently are from their dollar and their decision-making, or even their understanding about what the hell we in healthcare are really even talking about. If nothing else, the results of this survey make the case for why we need to blow up the current model. Here's JP.
3: Uh, basically, Jessica, it was a survey that we issued, but it wasn't perception that we were asking of U.S. consumers. It was essentially a quiz or a test. Okay. So we try to understand the consumer's understanding around terms like co-insurance, premium, if they knew the difference between an in, in-network <laughs> versus out-of-network doctor. Okay. So it was really a test.
0: Okay, so you tested how many people?
3: 10,000 U.S. consumers.
0: Okay, and what did you find out about these 10,000
3: people? How did they do on the test? Well, they didn't do too well. So uh, 52% of them... Failed.
0: Okay. So, they, they so more than test. half.
3: More than, <laughs> more half, than half of have Americans, no idea what yeah, they mean. failed. Okay. They failed the test. Yeah.
0: And you were looking more than just like testing them on vocabulary because, like, I mean, basically, like, what this means is right. that people are having a hard time figuring out how to buy a
3: health plan. That's right. Yes. And so the unique part of this is really taking a look at a consumer with an insurance product and if they could navigate the system.
0: Okay. So, And by navigate the system, you mean like figure out how to actually use their health plan. Yes. Okay. Like yes. whether or not they needed a pre-auth, whether or not how much right. they were going to pay for something. Right. And 52% were like, no, 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 they
3: have no idea. No, right.
0: No clue. Okay. And what about the other 50? Well, the other 48%? What yeah. did you find out about them?
3: Well, we saw that only, you know, 16% would really get a, an A in, in the oh, test, great. right? So so there's about uh, 30 or so percent that, you know, are proficient, uh-huh. but they're far from being an expert in terms of using their insurance product.
0: All right, so I'm doing the math here, and we're like in the 80s, right? So like 80, 84% here, 86% here. I have no idea how to really use the health system. Okay, right. so I understand, too, that you correlated this to like an admin expense, like how much these people are costing the system. So I want to come back to this point about like yeah. the fact that nobody has any idea how to use their health plan, but it, it actually equates an expense. And so tell me a little bit about what you find out there.
3: So what we did is we compared the low literacy consumers with the high literacy consumers. And we found that the low ones are calling customer service seven times more than the high literacy consumers one to three times a week. So these are frequent callers, They're
0: frequent callers. And like, this is like, I mean, I, I could see doing this myself where it's just like somebody tells me something and I hang up the phone and I'm like, wait, wait a minute. What?
3: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. So they're calling a lot. And like, I mean, how much is that equity? I mean, was the number was like four point two billion dollars in admin expense? Yeah.
3: Well, it's four point eight billion, oh, and what, yeah, so these low literacy consumers are really costing the system. And
0: what's the burden on the consumer here? I mean, because they're not blameless in all of this, right? Like, so it's like you mean know, you're getting your health insurance from either your employer, or you're buying it yourself, or whatever. It's like, is there some responsibility that they need to take for learning? how to use it. I mean, like where does that line blend? Like how right. much of this is, is the consumer's problem and yes. getting more educated and how much is of this is the health systems problem in okay. getting more simple?
3: Well, I think it's, I think it's joint uh, accountability, but I do think that as an industry, we need to shift more on putting the burden on the system. Okay. Um, when you think about consumerism, it's about helping consumers understand and navigate and empower them. Um, you don't want to make it a terrible experience for the member. And we know right now we're giving them a bad experience. So I think the pendulum needs to still swing more on the system for reducing and simplifying this complexity. 86%
0: of us have no idea what payers are saying. On one hand, is that not like the ultimate validation for moving toward a more consumer-friendly health system? But on the other hand, it's terrifying how far we need to go. What do you think? Share with me your thoughts on what you heard here today. Like I said, I decided to share these three chats about healthcare consumerism because I don't think we're talking enough about these topics and I wanted to air them out so weigh in. The burden of risk shifting, as Rasu Shrestha said, the care delivery slash services slash health tech stack, flipping as Matthew Holt described, and well, just how bad healthcare financial literacy is right now as measured by J.P. Steffen and the team at Accenture Health. All these issues are going to need to be addressed if we're going to achieve some sort of Amazonification, Uberization, Walmartified version of healthcare. So let's hear it. I'm at JustaMasa on Twitter. If you'd like to get in touch with me there or send an email. I'm at jessica at wtf.health. Before we go, a last word of thanks to our sponsors. WTF Health in both video and podcast incarnations is brought to you by Lavongo, Bayer's G4A program, Guidewell Innovation, and the healthcare blog. I'm Jessica Damasa. Catch us next time on WTF Health.